Amiak Voigt, the seer of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about satellite connectivity. We're chatting about how satellite connectivity works, how business can use satellite connectivity in this day and age, and what the future of um, technology improvements in the satellite connectivity world might look like. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how satellite connectivity can work for you and your business. I'm joined by Kali Carlson from Managing Director of Parata South Africa. Kali, welcome. Thank you, Yaku. Thank you. So we uh, always start uh, the show by just giving our listeners a little bit of an overview of uh, what your background is. Uh, I'm sure you and I have known each other for quite a while. You didn't, you didn't start in a business yesterday. Uh, yes, no, I've been in the satellite game since about 2009, and I think my first introduction to you was in 2010, 2011. Um, makes when, us sound old now. Yeah, it makes us, makes us sound old in this technology phase, but it shows you that the satellite industry has been around quite a long time in South Africa. So yes, I'm the Managing Director for Parata South Africa. We specialize in providing satellite connectivity solutions. And via the Paratus Group, we do satellite connectivity to 35 African countries, with the majority of our sites being in South Africa. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, so let's go into that. So you and I uh, recently had a chat about this. Can we start off by um, just sort of explaining how satellite connectivity works? Because I think when people talk around uh bits and bytes and megs and stuff like that the perception sometimes is, is is that you know it's the same thing as that fiber line that comes in at your house or at your business so how does satellite connectivity work yeah it is a bit of a different working uh, technology uh, the best way i can always describe it I, as most people in 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 south africa understand satellite tv or as we call it dstv so it works in a very similar principle um, we've got a satellite in orbit at about 36,000 kilometers above the equator. And then from an Earth satellite, uh, an antenna or a CP, as we would call it, a VSAT, we would connect. Is know, that that little dish that now? That's that little dish that sits outside the house. Not similar to a wireless dish. That's also a very big confusing fact that people confuse wireless links that look to towers uh, with satellite dishes, satellite dishes actually look up into the sky to the satellite, as I said, sitting in the 36,000 kilometers. And we enable connectivity to the satellite in the sky, which then reconnects your signal back down to Earth to a teleport, which connects you to the Internet. Okay. And and if I have this dish, how does my connectivity work? What kind of sizes... Uh, is it comparable to the fiber world, or how does that uh, mechanics around that work? It's, it's got its own limitations. In Afrikaans, I call it a geite. So it works the same, but it is different. And because of the height of the satellite or the distance of the travel of the signal, even at the speed of light, uh, we have a latency or a delay factor of 650 milliseconds for the signal to come back. So we have major applications that sometimes have a problem in, 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 in working correctly on the 650 milliseconds. The best example I can use is online gamers, first-party shooter games. 
that six for six hundred and fifty delay is is a no no to those guys. By then you're dead already. By then you're dead before you've turned around. But in normal business applications, VoIP sending mail, browsing internet, um, within certain limitations, VPN does work. Uh, remote desktop sessions do work. Um, but for normal browsing internet, it works absolutely perfect. And today we can get speeds of up to fifty megabits on the download. Um, but as I said, you've got that initial delay when you press enter, nothing happens until all the data arrives at your PC through the line. And I mean, just for context, 650 milliseconds is, is let's call it two thirds of a second. Exactly. And that's how used we've become to instant gratification that, uh, you, like you say, you press enter and it looks like nothing's happening. People go, oh, this is not working. This is not working. Correct. You press enter on a fiber line within, I mean, 10, one or two seconds, I'm only going to talk milliseconds, one or two seconds, you can see your screen start building and delivering data. Uh, on a VSAT link, you press enter, and you'll see on the small le- left-hand side, you'll see small letters starting to <laughs> starting to appear as the data starts coming in, but nothing happens on the screen. And then all of a sudden, all the data appears, and your messages and your images are all on the screen. And from there on, once the link is established, it will perform at the speed within the contention factors as it should. Okay. And then let's talk about contention factors. What does that mean and how does that work? Contention factors is uh, very the same as what we get in LTE or in fiber to the home. It's just a sharing factor or an oversell factor. It is it is actually what broadband's about. It's about how do we share and to get the price competitive and cheaper so that everybody can use it in the consumer space. Obviously, in business space, we then lower the contentions to one-to-one or dedicated um, speed. Satellite is the most expensive connectivity you can get, but as I always say, it's available everywhere and is always on. And I mean that. Uh, I think that's the thing that people have to understand is is in order to send somebody uh, something that are into space and maintain it and look after it and all that, it's it does cost a little bit of money. Yes, it does cost a lot more money. I mean, if you're following some of the satellite launches on 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 the LinkedIn's, you'll see that the price tags attached are quite severe. And also the capacity, the bandwidth is expensive, um, but apply a nice contention factor, it gets, it gets more affordable for business. And also the way we model um, bandwidth pools for sharing and oversharing in, in terms of redundancy and backup, it does make it more cost effective. The question is, how important is internet to your business if it's down? Okay, and uh, that actually leads perfectly into my next question. So... Um I think in your intro when you started, uh, like you say, satellite's been around for long. Um, it's almost, uh, well, the title of, of my episode was The Relevance of Satellite Connectivity in 2023. Um, so what are the applications for, for business to use satellite connectivity? Do, does business in this day and age still need or want satellite connectivity? And what do they use it for? Absolutely, 100%. I think it's become more crucial and because I'm in the business, if you ask me the question, I would say every single house, every single business in South Africa should have a satellite backup for access to the internet. Big statement, but we've become so reliant on internet, uh, multiple devices in your house. We're talking IoT, we're talking uh, streaming devices, we're talking access to information from a school perspective. So the question is, when your fiber line goes down, due to whatever reason, that somebody digs up the road, um, power outages due to load shedding, where the LTE towers go down, 5G's down, how else do you communicate to the internet? So 
in, in a primary connectivity example, we are seeing more and more and more in the retail space in South Africa that transactional data is critical. Um, the, 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 the value adds and the, the, the rewards programs for some of these retail guys, when somebody's standing in the store and they want to cash out on the rewards, they need connectivity because those reward systems don't sit in the store. They sit somewhere in the cloud, somewhere where they need to be connected to. So from a retail perspective, absolutely is becoming more and more critical. And we see that on a, on a daily basis where people need access and 100% availability on, on, on connectivity to, to make sure the business works. Um, and you spoke about um, power availability or, or load shedding, if we can talk about that. Um, does that affect um, if your satellite offering? It doesn't affect the satellite ob orbiting in the sky. That thing is solar powered and it's got all the power, the, the, the fuel that needs to, to stay in orbit for 15 years. Um, it's all about the, the power at your remote site. So if you're in a, a, a petroleum forecourt or a retail store or you're a business that needs connectivity and you've got UPSs or generators or whatever solar panel backup mediums and you've got power, you will have access to the internet through the satellite system that's installed on your premises. So remember, I'm talking backup satellite, not primary. We can have a long discussion about primary internet. Mm -hmm. It's not a competitor to fiber. It's not a competitor to 5G. It's not a competitor to, to, to licensed or, or business grade wireless systems in the rural area, in the, in the business areas, in, in metros. It is an absolute backup medium. But we are seeing more and more retail going primary on satellite, as I said, because of the, the demand for always on availability, um, internet access. And that transactional data, lots of small transactions. Lots of small transactions all the time. Swiping a credit card, swiping a some uh, some card you get for benefits in one of the retail. I don't want to mention names, but just yeah. those those cards, the orange cards or the blue cards or whatever other cards you get. Every time you put in fuel, they must always ask you how many cards have you got to get some points. So, um, and I think you sort of, um, with your uh, biased goggles on, you've, you've already sort of answered the question because I was going to ask, um, uh, are there businesses where satellite connectivity would not fit? But I think you've said, like, you believe everybody should just have a dish. Um, let me ask it in a, in a different way. Well, just to answer that question, everybody should have a dish. We are seeing more and more requests coming in from people living in the likes of Bryanston, in Cape Town, Durbanville, Cape Town Gardens this morning, I had a massive mining industry of mining company contact me looking for backups for when the fiber goes down because their businesses stop when fiber goes down. So they, they will always work on the primary medium, which is low latency, high speed, cost effective fiber. But if it goes down, then your business stops for two days, two weeks, one month. You need connectivity to the outside world to carry on. Um, and then, do you find that sometimes that uh, businesses go into a into a, a solution like this, not uh, sort of with way out expectations or, or misaligned uh, expectations? Yes, they do. They think that satellite works exactly the same way as what a fiber would be. So, in other words, low latency, high throughput, um, multiple concurrent users whereas they should tailor the, the, the backup solution on satellite to meet what is the exact business systems that you need backed up. Email, multiple users, no problem. Email coming in, email going out. Um, access to the internet, absolute no problem. Access to servers in the cloud or 
or applications in the cloud, no problem. Depends where the cloud sits, local in South Africa, local in Europe. It, it works. It's, it's when you've got 20 people or 30 people or 50 people on, 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 in a business that all of a sudden wants to stream and YouTube and Facebook, social media, um, heavy resource hungry applications, um, which not, should not be used in business hours most of the times in most businesses, mm-hmm. but we all know how it goes out there. People are streaming and Facebooking and Correct. TikToking and whatever else and business connectivity. So, so what should a business, what are the sort of boxes a business needs to check when they want to uh, get a, a satellite solution for as a, as a backup system? Well, my first question always is what applications? How many people need access to the application? And then from there, it's quite easy to design a system. As soon as people come, in today's day and age, you get all these people that want to teach online English in China. Yeah. Now, the first requirement they get is a low jitter, low latency. Satellite is not for them. It will never work to give online teaching classes. But if my business requires to be connected via, let's say, VoIP, I need some sort of email access. I need access to my, my, my business data sitting somewhere in the cloud to transact. Well, I need to get transactions in from a remote site to, to, to receive payments from a bank. Then absolutely that's where satellite comes in and it works. And it's proven we're running close on 6,000 terminals doing exactly just that. In South Africa? In South Africa and surrounds, yes. Wow, that's amazing. So, um, and then I was quite fortunate uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I, you, you taught me some new stuff. So uh, you've recently launched uh, or you're in the process of launching new teleport. Maybe can you just give us a little bit of background of, of what the function of that teleport is and what's the significance of, of what it is that you guys are doing? Okay, so Asparatus, Asparatus Group and Parata South Africa, we own a teleport or a gateway in South Africa. Currently, it's based in Spartan, and we've taken the big step to invest quite a significant amount of money into moving the teleport to a new facility um, based out in uh, Arini Goed, uh, Doornkloof, where we can expand and provide more capacity and even have more satellite antennas to give more f- connection to more, more operators in South Africa. Um, so the investment is quite significant, and as a group, we own three different teleports. We own one in Namibia and one in Angola, and all together, as I said in the beginning, gives us the capability to provide services to 35 African countries, including Madagascar sitting off the coast. And we do some really interesting projects and connectivity to some real interesting uh, entities out there. We do some of the greatest game lodges out in Botswana. We do some of the nicest lodges in Namibia in a retail space in South Africa. We, we, we basically say that our teleport is viewed by us, and you've seen the facility and the effort going in terms of security as a national key point just mm. because of the amount of transactions that is uh, posted through that teleport on, on an hourly basis every single day through some of the major retailers in this country. Unfortunately, I can't mention names, but yeah. it, it, it is massive. That so it. so um, uh, you, you sketch a little picture for me. So if I've got my business uh well let's just roll with it my example that i always use on the show is i've got a accounting firm in centurion and in, in durban in cape town smaller branches um i put up a dish that dish points up like you say thirty six thousand kilometers up into the sky 
and then from that uh, uh, satellite, uh, it, it basically beams down or connects back into into the into the telecom Spartan. Correct, and then from there we connect it either into the open internet or we can cross connect it uh, into your own private network via the Terracos and we have other data sensor. We'll hand over a Terraco and then you move it back to where you need the, the, the connectivity to go to. So basically an MPLS network with remote sites coming into a central hub where access to the information and stuff is. And, and obviously the, the more services and throughput is, the, the more the bigger the bandwidth. The, the bigger the bandwidth and, Always, the, and the bandwidth and the bigger is linked the teleport needs to be. I yes. See. The bandwidth is linked to, to the checkbook, unfortunately, but it's the same as fiber. The bigger the fiber, the more expensive, the more throughput. Yes. Um, but the teleport is in South Africa. We've have the, uh, a capability to deliver some services in out of country teleports. For example, we've got a teleport in Angola where we can land services and then we sell some managed services in the consumer space. And they've got a bit of a flavor on a SME uh, space where we can land in Portugal as well, which then makes you totally non-reliant on South African infrastructure. All the services are absolutely licensed, so nothing is illegal or legal, not like some of the stuff we are reading on some of the players coming in via some of the magazines out there. Okay. So now, now let's talk about that. So, um, and, and in my intro, I spoke about what, uh, how the satellite technology is evolving, even though it's been around for so, for so long. And I think it's a well established technology. You know what you're going to get. But, uh, let's talk about Leo. What, what is that? So Leo is an, if I, if we talk the 36,000, 36, I'm so the 36,000 kilometer, um, geostationary satellites, they are specifically at that height because they are seem to be at the geostationary height. They turn at the same speed the Earth is rotating, and they seem to be standing still. So LEO is a new technology that's coming. It's called low-Earth orbit satellites. Um, they typically sit at a height 800 kilometers to 1,200 kilometers above the Earth's surface. Oh. And, and because of the rotation of, of, of them and the speed to, relevant to the speed of the Earth, they are spinning around the Earth um, and, and which means they don't stand still. So you have to have multiple satellites that you need to connect to. So it's a total different technology, uh, different antenna systems, but the height is so much lower. So now we're talking 70 milliseconds instead of 650 milliseconds. It's a new, still a new technology. Um, but they need multiple, multiple satellites to give coverage to the, to a section of, of, of the continent or of Earth. Um, uh, we've all heard about the two major players in the market. We know that uh, there's Starlink. They're talking about thousands, four to five thousand satellites, if not more, to cover Earth. And then we got the guys from OneWeb that are talking sub thousand satellites in their design to cover Earth. Uh, so, uh, northern and southern hemispheres. Northern and southern hemispheres. The and, whole Earth. and what would the, the benefit of that thing be? Uh, obviously, it's low latency, but, but d does it impact the, the cost of the service? Can you can you deliver it's higher throughput? Much higher throughputs, much higher throughput, but the costs are still not comparable to what we would expect from a fiber to the home or fiber to the business or even geostationary satellites at present pricing. Um, it seems still a bit expensive, but you can imagine it's expensive. You need to shoot up multiple satellites that's got a shorter lifespan. Gonna, I wanted to ask about that. They're going to be replenished every so many years to keep your fleet up in the sky. So it, it's, it will be a higher cost, but high availability, 
high throughput satellites. I mean, we're talking on, 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 and, and we've partnered with OneWeb to be a distribution partner in South Africa. We're talking of 192 megabits on the download up to 50 or 32, 50 megabits, I think, on the upload. Wow. Which is, 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 is high throughput satellites. We're now on Geo. We, we're talking five megabits on upload. We're talking multiple megabits on upload. So it's different technologies. Um, and then if it's, if you say it's sitting between 800 and 1200, does that mean we need to get, uh, iron proof umbrellas one of these days or? Well, those things not. I think there's so much write-ups in press about space junk and how that's going to work, and, and 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 a lot of people complaining that they can see the lights go over. I don't know. <laughs> Anything is possible. I don't know. Yeah, the future will tell us. And then, and then, from a, a lifespan lifespan perspective, you spoke about uh, the, the current years, the high up ones being like a fifteen year. Fifteen year. What what were these? Well, what I've seen and 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 some of the discussions I've been they're talking about between five and eight years lifespan of a okay of a low Earth orbit satellite, which means the technology I think is in its infant stages. I, I think the guys have done a lot of work; they know what they're doing. They're clever guys, but I I, I still want to see how they change out satellites if one runs out of fuel and that whole fleet replenishment. That's got to happen. How's that going to impact availability and all that? But I mean, like, and I think for me, that's that's probably the most important um, aspect of this now. Is you you know, I think especially in South Africa, we like new toys, and the the newest shiny kid on yeah. the block gets all of the attention. So is that uh, um, if if you had to uh, put a viability timeline? So not a not a novelty timeline. Uh, not saying oh well, there's a dish up in. Madagascar, uh, yeah, or, or in somewhere on top of Table Mountain, yeah. or whatever. Like a, like mm-hmm. what would the sort of commercial readiness time frame look like? Well, we're looking at quarter three for for one web. We're looking at quarter three this year to start with our first uh, field trials in South Africa. Um, so, so that's a trial, and I mean that doesn't because, uh, uh, and I mean you and I spoke about that earlier now as well. Business would like all of the fancy toys, but now they, and it must be now, and it, but. I don't want to be a guinea pig, so yeah. it must be stable and proven and all that type of stuff. Well, it's been proven and stable in, in the rest of the world. Africa's unfortunately one of the last people to come online. Okay. I think there's enough case studies in the rest of the world um, to show that the technology works. Uh, the manufacturers of the antennas have got the antennas ready. They're already being used in the rest of the world. I think it will be a low-risk rollout in South Africa. It's about just sorting out the, 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 the gateway in the east or the west of Pretoria, near Hartebis Hook, sorting out that gateway and then going live and being ready. And and that is then experience-wise, uh, like you say, totally different from… Totally different. So so it's, uh, would you say, say that's almost fiber-like thing? Well, it's 70 milliseconds. Yeah. And you can get 100 and, 100 and… If you buy a dedicated line, it is say 190 megabits download. I would say that's very close to fiber-like. But it's not going to cost the same as a hundred meg fiber. That I can promise you. <laughs> it's going to be a bit more expensive. The antennas are still expensive. You can imagine the technology. Uh, it's got a handover between multiple antennas as they come across. We've got line of sight requirements. You've got to have clear line of sight at I think a thirty degrees, three hundred and sixty degrees reference um, uh, circumference. So it's a different technology. Where will it work well? It will work well in maritime. It will work well in in lodges, it will work in exploration, mining, border posts, 
Um, any site, even in the city that needs high throughput, that's got line of sight, high throughput, satellite, short latency, definite the market. But I always use the words fast, good, and cheap. You can't use all three in the same same sentence. So it'll be fast, but it won't be cheap, but it should be good. <laughs> um, and you say that's Q3. Q3 this year. They, so we're actually pushing for, we were pushing for one July some tests. Um, they've put us out. Um, I'm, I'm sticking to my September timeline, which gives us July, August to get all the stuff ready. We've got the antennas already in South Africa ready to start uh, our field trials on it because we actually want to start rolling out quite fast for the requirements. I'm busy with the requirement now, um, multiple site where, where and, this can work. And that can work uh, theoretically anywhere in South Africa? Then. Anyway, it's 100% coverage of Africa. Actually, 100% coverage of Africa. Okay. Depends where the gateways go live, but once the South African gateway is live, um, then it's 100% coverage of South Africa. There is a small percentage of handover to other gateways if this gateway is busy, but it's 98.5% of all the traffic emanating from South Africa will terminate at the South African gateway. Wow. I, I mean, I know one or two farmers that's sitting there out in close in Tankwa in Tuelen Garden. It's expensive for them. Yeah, it's too expensive for but uh, I mean, depends what they want to do. With yeah, it. exactly that. Yeah. If you if you trading on the international yes. market and hundred percent, okay, you I would that. Uh, mining, yeah, and maybe large volume agriculture. The solar farms need high capacity, low latency, because most of the monitoring of the solar farms happen internationally, and solar farms are in areas where there's no fiber. The geostation is uh, latency is just too high for some of the applications they run. They need real-time feedback on the performance of the solar farms. This is where the Leo stuff is coming in. And then, and then I guess if uh, if you're in a really really rural place and let's say you you dis- distributing wireless services, the, this can 100%. this can form a yes. form a backhaul if you want yeah. to call it that. Form backhaul. Some of the case studies I use Alaska and those places. That's exactly what they've done. In a small village, they'll put down one of these systems and create a wireless network around it. So, so, so this might stimulate some of that rural internet growth. Could, yes. Okay. Um, okay, my last question. We we are always like to end the show mm. by saying let's make it real. So I'm a business. I said to I listen to this, I think I might need it. I'm not sure, I'm a little bit reluctant. Where do I start? What's the advice that you Well the first question I would always ask any business say and I said it somewhere in the chat, is how dependent are you on the internet? How does your business operate if the internet goes down today? We all we in this middle of this load shedding thing. We're talking about stage eight and winter. How are the terrestrial networks going to hold up? So if terrestrial networks are down for long periods of time, how are you going to transact? How are you going to do business? So once you, you you've, it's a grudge, it's like buying insurance policy. So once you've decided you need this insurance and you're willing to pay for it, then we sit down and we discuss the type of solution, the cost factor, how cheap, how expensive, what it was to do. And then, and then from there, we, you, you implement and, and, and it sits there as a backup system and it's used when, when primary or terrestrial infrastructure dies. Um, and then you've got connectivity to the outside world and hopefully your business carries on and, and making the revenues that you expect from being connected via normal terrestrial. And when terrestrial comes back with an SD-WAN type of device, you just switch back to terrestrial. And the satellite then again sits in, in, a, in a backup mode waiting for the next failure to happen. And I, and I think to me that's the um, uh, uh, it resonates with everything that we always talk on the show from from a 
customer or a business owner perspective, understand what it is that your business needs, and then get an expert that yeah. that knows what they're doing. Don't don't go just off the shelf and hope for the best. Yeah, there's lots of there's lots of uh, it's like the solar kits these days. There's lots of so-called experts in the field. Uh, I think talk to the people that do this for a long time. As I said, we've been doing it since 2009. I think we've earned our stripes. Yes, we bumped our heads. We know where we've gone wrong. We sort of now know where what it doesn't do. Um, so if you ask me for a list of frequency asked questions, you'll, I'll give you a negative sell. I'll first tell you all the bad things. And then when, once you understand all the bad, then I know we'll have a partnership for life because then you'll, you'll know it'll work for what you want to do. It's, it's, it, it's not a silver bullet replacement of fiber. We are not yet to replace fiber or compete with fiber. We are providing rural, uh, connectivity to, to people that need it and in, in, in the metro areas now, absolute backup for terrestrial. And, and like you say, uh, t- uh, transactional always on. Correct. Yeah. Always so, on. So like, it's almost like if you're stuck in a desert, um, you decide maybe water, a little bit of water every hour is more important than worrying what you're going to have for dinner. Correct. Because you need to stay alive. Correct. Okay. Gali, thank you very much. Okay. We, um, uh, website details? Uh, you can go to www.paratus.africa um, and just look forward slash ZA. So it's a group uh, website, but the whole group, we do satellites. Uh, we're the center of excellence in South Africa for all the satellites. So if you want to talk satellite, you can contact us. You can phone us in Pretoria, um, 012-940-0660, and you'll get hold of one of my guys or me. You're welcome to stalk me on LinkedIn, wherever you can find me and send me a message. I'm, I will gladly come and chat and talk about how this stuff works. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, Yaku. Kali, thanks for your time. Thank you, Yela. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central app or website, and for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google or wherever you listen. And if you're looking for help with communications tools for your business, please visit catalytic.co.za.